pre-dropped here, no doubt. Yeah, pre-dropped. Whoa, that thing came out sideways. Drove it into the penalty area. Whoa, yeah. Oh, that was a shank. It's hard to believe watching this. I made an unbelievable bogey in the drop zone. Hello, Dylan. Hello, folks. Hello, faithful drop zone listeners. It's a Monday. It's the Monday of Solheim Cup week. It's the Monday before Ryder Cup week. And that's what this drop zone is going to be all about. We're going to be buying and selling everything that has to do with these uh, team match play events. This is what September golf has become, Dylan, and I really, really like it. I really like diving into it. So are you ready to get started? Yeah, I am, Sean. It's a kind of a time of change here. It's, uh, it's team golf season. It's about to be fall, two days from fall. The leaves are changing. The best golfers in the world are headed to Europe. Some of them went via Ireland and Wentworth. Myself included. Some of them went via Napa. Um, but it's an, it's an interesting time. I watched some of the Fortnite yesterday in the middle of the kind of 4 p.m. slate of, of games and was just writing up my kind of Monday finish recap. I like where we're at right now. I like I like the trajectory of this fall series because it gives you permission to be like, hey, you want to watch some golf? By all means. But if you don't want to, this doesn't this doesn't count. This doesn't yeah. count in the same way. It it matters very much for the guys that are battling for their cards, for their rankings, for their position. But look, if you're a top 50 golfer in the world, you can play, you can make some money. Um, you can qualify for the masters, do whatever. But you can also just kind of skip out. You can go play the Irish Open. You can go play Wentworth. Uh, you can have a bit of an off season. So I like where we're at. Uh, the live thing, still a lot to get resolved there. There is, there is Sean, another live event this week in, uh, in Chicago, your neck of the woods. You're headed to Spain. Then we're both headed to Italy. So yeah, I, I'm fired up for this time of year. Uh, the Patriots are 0-2. Big boy needed one more yard last night. Uh, Packers had a harrowing loss also. But happy to be here on the drop zone. All right. Well, now that you've finally kicked it back to me, we can dive into buying and selling things after a little word from Nikon, Dylan. We have a sponsor this week. It is Nikon. Nikon has rangefinders, Dylan. The Cool Shot Pro 2 stabilized rangefinder is the one that you need to buy right now. I've been using it for a month now. I'm all in. In part because Nikon's high-performance stabilization system is designed to reduce vibrations of the image in the viewfinder caused by hand movements. This technology provides a more precise reading, giving the user more confidence in their game. And I know you have one. I've been using one, like I said, for a month now. And this part is actually my favorite part about it because you know how you like you put the rangefinder up to your eye and you got to get your eye like into the rangefinder, and then it's kind of like you're using binoculars and um, then you feel like you're moving all over the place. Once you tap the button on the top of the Cool Shot Pro 2 stabilized rangefinder, it like locks the camera into place. It stabilizes. Place. Oh, it totally yeah. stabilizes. It feels like I'm um, looking down the barrel of like a, a sniper rifle and you've got like, you're just like locking in on something way off in the distance. Um, anyway, I love it. And if you'd like to buy the Nikon rangefinder, now is the time to do it. You go to NikonUSA.com slash golf. That's N-I-K-O-N-U-S-A.com slash golf. 
Why? Because they have a $50 off uh, sale right now up until October 8th. So during this September run and early October, during team match play season, that's when Nikon is selling their rangefinders. $50 off. Go to NikonUSA.com slash golf. Sean, we're doing a little buy or sell. I would say buy. Yeah. Buy one of those Nikon rangefinders. I had a Absolutely. crappy one. I won't name what brand, but this Nikon, you think all, all rangefinders are the same. They're not. This thing has been a game changer. So uh, that's that's just a genuine endorsement. Good. Um, you want to kick us off here? I will kick us off, Dylan. My first question to you, are you buying or selling that Team Europe's impressive performance at Wentworth, that's the BMW PGA Championship over the weekend, that it mattered in any sort of tangible way. You know, the results are strong. You look down the, the leaderboard, Tyrrell Hatton finishes second, John Rahm finishes fourth, Victor Hovland fifth, Tommy Fleetwood sixth, Rory McIlroy seventh, Ludwig Aberg tenth, Sepp Straka tied for tenth. The entire European team basically kind of crushed it at Wentworth. And so are you buying or selling that that matters? Am I buying that they all lost to a guy from the small island of New Zealand? <laughs> Am I buying that they all lost to a guy they left off the team, Aaron Rye? Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm buying it. It's good. It's nice that they played well. They all made the cut. That was good. It was, a, I guess, a bit of a reminder that where Europe is strong it is very strong and that the dp world tour in general does not stack up to like the very best amongst it but yeah it's got to be good to have all your guys together get some camaraderie going uh get your boy ludwig shooting one of the highest scores of the day on sunday unfortunately (laughs) after everyone had crowned his ass on saturday night um but yeah i would say the Aberg pick has been fully validated, vindicated. Adrian Moronk through two days looked like he was making a statement. He actually kind of faded on the weekend too. Um, but Team Europe's got to be pretty stoked about where they are. It's funny. For a minute there, it looked like Rory would be the only one to miss the cut. Birdied 18 on Friday just to uh, make the cut on the number and then ended up finishing T7 after I don't think anyone beat him on the weekend. And so now... Now Rory's on a bachelor party. Is that right? Is that how the schedule's playing out? I've been having a hard time with this bachelor party timeline. I think, yes. I think we traditionally do our bachelor parties like like you did this past weekend. Stag dues. Stag dues on the weekends. So I don't, is he going this coming weekend? No, I think it's, it might be, it might also be the weekend, but I, I think, um, he said, I think he's going to go back to London from Mykonos yeah. for a few days and then of practice, I believe, and then up uh, over to Rome. So Rory's been a jet setter across Europe. I wonder how many bags he brought with him from Florida. That's my real question. Yeah, is he a, a, a carry-on guy? Turns he's, out irrelevant when you... Yeah, I think he's an owns-his-own-plane kind of guy. And sort of bring the bags on the plane. Um. Sean, are you buying or selling Justin Thomas's solo fifth place finish in Napa? The Fortinet. Does that prove that he's back? I am going to, yes, I'm absolutely buying this. <laughs> it's an easy buy. 
It's not a yes it or makes, no. This is makes a sense. But basically, yeah, I'm a JT apologist, of course. Um, I feel like I've been saying you owning for, that. for, you know, weeks, maybe a couple months now. But it kind of felt like it was always going to play out this way, where he was grinding through Hoylake over to Minnesota, uh, down to North Carolina. And it was it was all these like everyone wanted him to turn it around in a matter of six days. And I think ultimately the Ryder cup was just going to ask JT, Hey, can you go home, reset, get with your dad, grind, and then get ready six weeks from now. Like of all people in the world of, of golf, you would trust Justin Thomas pretty highly to say, Hey, we need you to play well in like a month and a half. Can you do that? And JT, I think is proving right now that he is able to do that. It's not like he was actually playing horrific golf. Um, his, you know, he actually almost, almost won the tournament. I guess he almost cracked the top ten down in, in North Carolina. But the point is, if you give a player of his pedigree six weeks to get right, he's probably going to take a week off, and then he's probably going to try to figure it out on his own, and then he's going to have his dad come in for another week, and then it's going to be another like half like deep breath. And then he's probably going to gear up for Fortnite. Like he would be gearing up for the masters. And, um, I don't know, I guess I'm just not surprised by this and it's a very safe thing to buy. I think that people got a little lost and it was the fog of war there for a while in the FedEx cup playoffs. Everyone got a little caught up in the moment. Like now with a little bit of, of time removed, I think Rory was probably listening to the drop zone. You heard him kind of quote us saying, look, he and other guys on Team Europe would rather play a bunch of other people than Justin Thomas yeah. in the Ryder Cup. And now, now imagine you're a U.S. Ryder Cup fan. You want the team to win. JT goes to Napa, finishes fifth place, and he's not on the Ryder Cup team. Like, are, Would yeah. you really be glad, with all due respect to Lucas, Lucas Glover, Glover. <laughs> if he was on the team? I feel bad. I feel bad that Lucas Glover played arguably the best golf of his life yes uh and is now kind of just the the guy that's getting used as a prop is like oh yeah, yeah you yeah. wanted him on this team i don't feel fully comfortable with him being on the other side of that either because look with that putting stroke reimagined who knows maybe he's a world beater next year i just think like you can't really go wrong when it comes to jt being on this team given so yeah i think this was validating I don't think it guarantees anything for Rome. I don't think it means that, you know, he's going to win a major next year, but it's a whole lot different than if he'd gone and missed the cut. Ask every person in golf, ask Europeans, ask Americans, ask Australians. Okay. If you are, are you, if you got to go send someone out and Sunday singles and maybe they're playing Rory McIlroy, Ask the Europeans if who they'd rather have face Rory. Ask the Americans who they'd rather have face Rory. And like five fifth place finish or miscut, it's just always gonna be Justin Thomas. Like that's where he's at. The guy won a PGA championship like 16 months ago. Like it's just always going to be him. And so it was easy for us to lean away from that when he didn't break 80 in a couple majors this year. Um, but if he's any sort of getting right, he's going to be really right. So, yeah, anyway. yeah. And I'm not saying it was crazy to think, oh, this guy didn't deserve a spot on the team. 
he didn't really deserve a spot based on this season's play. But I think now we can we can take a deep breath. We've had our long off season. You can get the get the big picture perspective a little bit better. The U.S. is glad to have him. Um, yeah. Sean, you're headed to the Solheim Cup tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Do you buy or sell Team Europe as Solheim Cup favorites? Uh, it's a good question. Thank um, you. <laughs> so Solheim Cup captain Suzanne Pedersen basically acknowledged that this is the best team that she has seen Europe put forth in all of her experience around the Solheim Cup. And that's a lot because she's literally the leading point scorer European Solheim Cup history. So her point of view is actually, it matters a lot. Um, I think they are the favorites. I am buying them as the favorites. What is funny about Ryder Cups and Solheim Cups is like both teams kind of want to like grab hold to the idea of being underdogs. Uh, Golf is not used to having a ton of bullets and board material. And so I think they kind of like lean in the direction of other sports where it's like, oh, people don't believe in us. Um, And for the last few Solheim Cups, that's actually very much been the case. Um, But the Americans have five rookies. Team Europe has three rookies. Um, I think Europe is playing at home. They've got eight players in the top 40 in the world. I think they're absolutely the favorites. Uh, and frankly, like if you look at the, 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 the American horses, like Nelly Corda hasn't had a great year. Her sister is not there to be her teammates. So she's gonna be playing with someone that she hasn't probably played with before. Lexi Thompson, Stolheim cup. Stolheim Cup, Solheim Cup stalwart. She's not having a good year. Not There's on good the, form. No. The Americans that they need to lean on are rookies. Lilia Vu, right? Uh, yeah. Allison Corpus, Rose Zhang, the people that have kind of been winning for the Americans this year. This is their first time and they're on the road. And so I think the Europeans are absolutely favorites. Just checked the latest odds, have it at basically a dead heat. You can pretty much get even money for either side. And then there's the uh, the juice is basically just in a tie result. So you can yeah. basically get even for the U.S., even for Team Europe. Sean, you could live a little, just take both sides. Guarantee <laughs> net zero. Um, lose everything yeah, well, if there's a tie. I guess the since Europe won the last cup, they would... Uh... They would the only, retain. I guess the, the two-way result would mean that they so, would So, yeah, yeah, you're right. They are. If you look at just the odds to lift the trophy, then you're looking at Europe minus 125. So they do have the benefit of a half point there. Um, all right, let's move back to – well, this isn't even really moving to the Ryder Cup because it's someone who's not on the Ryder Cup. But as discussed in recent episodes, Keegan Bradley's not on this team. It's sad. You're really sad about it. He's – definitely 10 times as sad as you are but um he did say in response to not getting a captain's pick that he will be cheering for team usa and i i'm just wondering if you are buying or selling that he genuinely wants the u.s to win i'm gonna sell this i mean (laughs) credit to keegan he would never he would never admit this like 
he in in public, even in the privacy of his own home, I think he'll be watching. I think he'll be rooting or he'll be cheering on the U.S. team. But deep down, there's got to be a significant part of him that wants people to say, you know, we miss Keegan on this team. We miss having Keegan Bradley on this team. What credit does he really get if the U.S. team wins? None. It's not like it's not like he lost the starting quarterback job, but he's still there, you know, playing scout team, like prepping his guy, working the clipboard on the sidelines. He <laughs> doesn't get to have a part on this team as the first man out. And uh, he should. Maybe he should. Maybe he should. Maybe they should have said, hey, come along. We got a cap assistant captain spot for you. I think the first step in Keegan Bradley being the American like heart, the beating heart of the American team at the next Ryder Cup at Beth Page Black is for the Americans to lose this Ryder Cup. Oh. And for people to think what could have been what? with Keegan Bradley. Yeah. Um in now again, that's not fair. We've just this was Kevin this Kisner for so long. That was his role. Oh man, yeah. how do we not have Kiz on the team? Um, I do think that would be the first step. Now, I I hope for Keegan's sake that he's able to enjoy, uh, you know, just a nice fall Patriots weekend and not watch all of the Ryder Cup. Oh, and two um, man again. This is like need a win next week just for starters. Yeah, um, but. I mean, it's such natural human condition when you are the starting point guard of a basketball team and you get hurt, you don't want to see the team play better without you. No, Uh, you want to see your, your pals do well. You want to see your team succeed, but even in there, like at least you're getting a ring. (laughs) They didn't bring him back a backpack from. Yeah. Maybe we bring Keegan. Does Keegan get a ring? Like, you know, maybe the, the, you know, the, I guess the gate man at Lambeau field gets when the Packers win a super bowl. Oh yeah. Does Keegan get involved? I I don't, I don't know. Um, Maybe he goes and repeats at the uh, Zozo. He's going to go win that again. (laughs) So yeah, no, I I think he'll root for the U S but I don't think genuinely he is probably, he's hoping for a little, a little, little weakness in the team. John, are you buying or selling uh, that Nelly Corda and Scotty Scheffler are the best golfers at the Solheim and Ryder Cup? Would you pick anyone else at each of the respective events? So I think the reason that this question exists is because according to the sports books, DraftKings, wherever, the favorites to be the leading point scorer at each are Nelly Corda and Scotty Scheffler, um, both better than any of the Europeans. Um, I don't think they're worthy of that distinction, though, because as discussed earlier, Nelly Corda has just kind of had such a confusing season. Not not horrific by any means, but just up and down and not quite great. And like I said, she doesn't have her sister play with and there's a ton of comfort in that for them they were very very good together and just kind of uh well you know Jess Court has been battling injuries and so she's not going to be there in in the same form um Scotty Scheffler 
is probably the, I mean, he's the number one player in the world, according to the world golf ranking, but yeah. uh, data golf ranks Rory higher than him. And frankly, if I had to choose who would be the top point scorer in the Ryder cup, I'm going Victor Hovland. You have, are you going anyone, are you going anyone different than uh, Scotty for low point score? Yeah. High point score? And Sean, I gotta be honest. I'm, I'm going anywhere else besides Scotty Scheffler for, for Why? if you look, if we're talking about value, if we're guiding the listeners towards smart investment strategies, I just don't know. I don't know how you can really say that Scotty is that much more likely that he is that he's plus seven fifty, and well, he's that, the best player on the best team, and, he'll and that go Brian Harmon is sixty to one. That you're <laughs> that you can really justify like that type of disparity. I mean, you want a guy that you think is going to play ideally all five, um, but so the, there's so not even the question, a guarantee of Dylan, that. The question yes. was: Are they the best golfers at their respective events? Okay. Uh, I think if Victor and Scotty play 10 matches, I think they're splitting them and you know, then Victor's it's playing so good right now. It's randomness. Um, and I think, I think if Nelly plays 10 matches against Celine Boutier, I think they're, they're probably splitting them too. Who knows? Celine, Celine's been maybe the best true golfer on the planet the last three months uh, so yeah i mean lilia vu would be the highest ranked player at the competition according to the rolex rankings uh rookie. celine's been kicking ass i i would expect that this is going to be nelly corda at her best i think we could see some of her and megan kang i don't know i don't mm. know how much we've Hell been tipped yeah. towards the pairings that are happening but no but they're homies they're like absolute they're homies besties. Megan's been playing great. She had a, a nice run through the Pacific Northwest. Um, I I think it's basically, yeah, it's, it's a, really a dead heat between Rory, Victor, Scotty, Xander, just <laughs> right behind. So I, I'm going to get off the fence. I'm going to say Rory McIlroy is <laughs> the best golfer in the world right now. <sighs> I, I I think I believe that, but God you don't damn, even believe it. Right there, he's fantastic, but you don't even believe it. Xander. <laughs> all right. Next question. Um. All right. I think, but Nelly is the best golfer. Yes. All right. To answer that well, question, are you buying or selling the Americans as the certified Ryder Cup favorites? They are minus 120 to win on the road, something they have not done in three decades, Dylan, but they are the favorites. Are you buying that? I mean, yeah. Because I'm selling. I'm You're selling. selling the Americans? Yeah. If I'm putting my hard-earned American cash on, on one team or the other, at this price, you've got to take Team USA. Like, but we're not, yeah, we're not talking, we're not talking about price. Are, do they deserve to Straight be Straight up, favorites? should they be favorites? Yeah, they should be favorites. So you're They buying. should be favorites. Because this is, this is, first of all, this is not your, this is not your dad's European Ryder Cup team. Ian Poulter is very much not walking through that door. That's a good thing. Well, it probably is a good thing, but I don't know. I mean, if the Americans should just be better at golf. Not at the very top. Like if you're if you're putting top 
couple against top couple. It, you really can make the argument for for either side, but I don't know. As you get further down, God, even as I'm making this argument, I'm really having a hard time buying into it, though. I got to be honest. Maybe the BMW championship, watching too much of that did get in my mind. Like, oh, God, Nikolai, Nikolai Hoygaard. So, so I think start. if you had to write them on paper, the European team has the weakest two golfers. Now, this is weakest of literally... 12 of the or 24 of the best golfers in the world. Yeah. But they've, they've got the weakest two. Bob McIntyre, unfortunately, you're man number 24. Hoygaard is man number 23. JT, um, I mean, you could argue is is down there, but that probably revises yeah. up a little bit after this past weekend. Yeah. Well, you know, if we're if we're just talking about form recently, man number 22 is Brooks Kepka. Uh Man number 21 would be Justin Thomas. Man number 20 is probably Shane Lowry. So um, we were, we were, the Americans were minus 150 on their way to France. Times were different then. Basically, no one saw that golf course before that week. And basically, everyone was at the Tour Championship in Atlanta the literal night prior to that week starting. Uh, things are very different now. Uh, I think things in in how different they are are going to benefit the americans um that said like being favorites on paper having the best highest ranked golfers has led us down a path in the past where the americans have gotten the uh the brakes beaten off of them as they say so i would say i would i would sell even even given all that hard data dylan I just think the home and away thing really matters. Yeah. Like there's a reason why. There is a, a barrel load of evidence to support you. Yeah. There's a ton of evidence. I just think that, and some of it you almost can't put your finger on though. Like there's literal has not won in 30 years type of evidence. And then there's just the evidence that kind of played out inversely at Whistling Straits where they're just like, weren't that, there are very few European fans there. And so you basically are fighting against a crowd and um, the, the, the aspects of being unnerved on the road in Europe at a place you're not used to, like that can affect these players. No, like all of them will admit that the most nervous they ever feel is at the Ryder cup. It's not the first tee at the masters or the 18th green it's at the Ryder cup. And so that is where this weird home and away stuff I think plays a factor. Scotty Scheffler's putter and how it performs under that scrutiny and that pressure feels yeah. like arguably the most interesting question that will be asked during this Ryder cup. Like there's a world where, cause Scotty's a, a fiery guy deep down. Sometimes you can see it near the surface. Sometimes you can't, but there's a world where, you know, it's like someone screaming at you during a free throw where you're like, screw that guy you double down you're like more likely to make it and then there's a world where things start going bad and then they get worse and uh and then every short putt starts feeling like a, a real uphill battle starts looking long the hole starts looking small like that's going to be an interesting yeah. thing it didn't go well for him and sam burns at the president's cup last year no. that, was, that was a very long time ago but you know that's really the last that's the closest thing we've seen recently to this. Um, yeah. And there's a difference between your opponents. <laughs> like if it's happening there in Charlotte where you have this right. home Friendly field advantage, 
and you're playing against Sebastian Munoz, like compared to on the road uh, against Vic Hovland, I don't know. There has to be something different. Sean, I have a question for you. Are you buying or selling Rome, Italy, more generally, as a place where we should be taking the Ryder Cup? Oh, um, I am buying big global cities. Okay. And so, yes, I have to buy this. Um, I have to buy it because I, I would like to see how big the Ryder Cup could get. Um, I've noticed this year it being in Rome, it being in Italy and it being the first since, um, I guess the last Ryder cup, which was kind of a, you know, I guess a comeback for the American team that like people took notice of. I just, I think people know in terms of like public, um, understanding of what golf events are biggest people know the masters. And I think the next biggest one is the Ryder Cup in terms of people understanding what it is because it gets played during football season and um, it's different than golf events that you're used to. It's loud. It's not played for money that can go into anyone's you know bank account. Uh, and so I want to see it get as big as it can get. I want them to take the Ryder Cup to Amsterdam. I want them to take it to Berlin. I want them to take it to Paris and they should be taking it to Madrid and New York city and LA. We should be playing the, the Ryder cup at LACC. If you want to have a ball, that would be a hell of a match play course um, to see the Ryder cup go to bring it to San Francisco, bring it up to Seattle, Dylan, if you want to. Um, I, I just want to see it get as big as it can get. Cause I think it might be a bubble that can't quite burst uh, compared to, the other things we try to do to elevate um, big events in golf. And so I I think there are still improvements to be made on the path of making it massive and also still going to golf courses that are good and matter. You know, the verdict is not quite a, uh, decided on whether Marco Simone is a great golf course or not. I don't know if it's great, but if people really like it, thinking that it's good, I don't think – I don't think uh, even a lot of the players in the Ryder Cup will think that it's good. So there's there's going to be a middle ground between like taking it to mega mega places that everyone will travel to, that Americans will fly into, and then um, also making a, a good golf course that will make sense for this event. What do you think? Yeah, there's also I'm still stuck in this world of like, okay, is are golf tournaments at their best when they are? near major municipalities outside New York city, for example, or are they better when they can be the dominant event in the region? Yeah. Full stop. Like, I don't know. I was just reading Jeff Shackelford's newsletter from uh, he's in Rome already. And he was just talking about how, you know, he can't find any evidence that anyone knows that the Ryder <laughs> cup is coming to town. <laughs> and so uh, I do have a little bit of, of fear of the fact that there maybe is not a built in, rooting golf population there but at the same time just based on feedback i've gotten around the u.s recently i get people the sense that go. more people are traveling to this thing yeah as it, this is a destination yeah uh my landlord is going <laughs> sick so landlords <laughs> lord and lady wow so your whole your whole house you know the, the people that, the people that live above you 
and the building will be traveling to Rome. (laughs) I agree. I think Dylan, I've, I've got that going on here in Chicago. People are asking about the Ryder cup. Are you going to Italy? I know so-and-so is going, I know people who live in Scotland and England who, uh, are keen to go to Rome. They've never been to Rome, so they're going to travel across Europe. And uh, I think that's why I'm, I'm all in on it. It's like, it's still an, it's an event that people will travel for and golf doesn't have a ton of those. And so having one in the fall is, is pretty special. Let's lean in there. Yeah. So, so I'm, I guess I am buying, I'm cautiously buying. And I, I also think Rome is a, just a great enough city that there's a certain like majesty to the whole thing. Um, and that it makes people want to go, go there. I mean, more so than almost any other Paris had certainly had that too. Um, yeah, unfortunately, like, uh, part of the context here is that it, it's the, whatever second biggest event in the world of golf. Um, it requires an incredible, uh, build out infrastructure. Of- infrastructure and um for that reason alone i think it needs to be in in kind of a big city big area um and not every golf course would uh make sense for it like it would be truly the coolest event in the world if they could not just play the walk cup at the old course in st andrews and they could play the Ryder cup there that would be that would be maybe the coolest golf event you can imagine uh, it just doesn't make sense. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. You need so many, uh, you need beds and housing and lodging and infrastructure. And the old course can only handle that really like once every five, six, seven years for the open. Um, so you're just not going to get some of the best golf courses on the planet. I'm buying as long as the fans show up. That's really what it comes down to. We'll see yeah. next week. All right, Dylan. Back to the Solheim for one minute here. Buying or selling that this Solheim Cup is a must win for the American team. Team USA has lost the last two. Two Solheim Cups ago, it was Suzanne Pedersen who hit the like eight-foot putt to win the cup. Uh, And then the last Solheim Cup was in Toledo. The Europeans, I believe, came back um, and won. So they were also underdogs the last two. And... Uh, it's kind of put up or shut up time. It feels like, but do you feel like it's a must win for the Americans? No, it's not a must win. The next one's going to be a must win. Um, if they lose this one, if they lose this one and then they go back to the States then that having lost three in a row, then that is a must win. This is, this would be a nice one to win. This would kind of settle the score after Toledo, um, which was a, just a tough defeat. But this one, there's not a ton of expectations on this U.S. team. There's not a ton of expectations on either team, I would say. that It's, it's, it's really just going to be fun, actually, for that reason. Um, the U.S. men have expectations heaped on them because of decades of, of European <laughs> failure. The women don't quite have that same burden, and I think it's just going to be like kind of open season. Like, let's see who shows out. Uh, I'm trying to – last time, like, Leona McGuire, I feel like it was a big – coming out party for her in Ohio. Um, So I'm excited to see who becomes the star of this show. Like Tom Kim was a star at the president's cup in the fall. Yeah. uh, Even in a losing effort. And there's just characters that we learn more about these weeks. And I mean, 
who's like who is it going to be? Maybe it is. Yeah. Maybe it's Megan Kang. Like she is. She totally could be a super fun. She's playing great golf. Like she's going to get really into it. Um, but yeah, you just you know, don't know until the match until you see the matches play out. I guess partly. Yeah. One point I absolutely agree with must wins happen at home. Shane Ryan wrote a book called the cup. They couldn't lose about mm-hmm. the 2021 Ryder cup because they could not lose that. Uh, the PGA of America, you know, Ryder cup task force, whatever would have burned down if they lost that Ryder cup at whistling Straits without any fans from Europe traveling over there with the stronger team. They won in blowout fashion, but must wins happen at home. The American Solheim Cup team loses three straight, but then come home and win. All is forgiven. And also that's next year. There's not a two-year break. Um, and yeah, I totally agree on the Megan Kang front. There, you know, there's actually been some really good YouTube comment content being produced by the Ryder Cup. Uh, Ryder Cup, like their content team, sat a bunch of players down over the past like couple years and um the most recent video was kind of talking about people who make a name for themselves during the Ryder Cup, and that becomes their story. They're often rookies. There's often, you know, it, almost every time we do this, it's like nine or 10 guys are locked in, and then it's the one or two that get added. 12 seems like the perfect number, and uh, those guys can do something great that becomes their legacy. And, you know, it was... Um, Nicholas Colserts and at Medina, uh, wow. it was um, it was Philip Price beating Phil Mickelson in 2002. Philip Price has been, I believe, he's only been on one Ryder Cup team, made the European team in 2002, beats Phil Mickelson, and that's his claim to fame. And you know what? I bet he has had hundreds of beers purchased for him in pubs all across the UK um, as a result of that, and. Even the horses know it, right? Even the Rorys and the Roms, they know they're going to be on every Ryder Cup team until they really stink at golf. (laughs) That may never exist. Um, But they know that this is a big week for Ludwig Aberg, Nikolai uh, Nikolai Hoygaard, Bob McIntyre, right? The Scottish smiler, the, the jolly gent who no one is expecting anything from. Could change his career, could change his life. Uh, next week at the Ryder Cup. So anyway, I guess that brings me to my next buy or sell, Dylan. Um, Ludwig Aberg is four to one odds to be the top rookie point scorer. The only person who has better uh, or shorter odds is Max Homa. Um, are you buying or selling the idea that Ludwig is maybe the most important person player at this Ryder Cup? I'll sell that idea. Um, wow. Right now, the most important person at the Ryder Cup still has to be Rory. Uh, he had a didn't have a good Ryder Cup at Whistling Straits. Uh, got sat down for a session, and you know, at the majors has not has played incredibly well. Still hasn't gotten like a title, so. This is something where you can get a title just by beating the U.S. side, just by showing up, just by winning matches, uh, just by showing kind of one-on-one that he's got it. He's got that X factor. He is the biggest 
name and the biggest figure in the game right now, even if he's still ranked number two. So the fact that he is effectively the face of the Ryder Cup and the face of Team Europe makes him the most important figure. Uh, Aberg, very compelling. If he had won this week, if he had blown the doors off the field on Sunday instead of shooting 76 and, and kind of backing up to like 10th place, then I think it's a different story because we're talking about like prodigy status. Yeah. Uh, as it is, I'm excited to see how he does. And he's the most intriguing rookie, but not the most intriguing or not the most important person. Okay. I'll accept you selling it, but I want to buy just a little nibble okay. of the Aberg idea because he might get paired with Rory. <laughs> um, this is a golf course that, as I understand it, um, you can you can flash as a elite driver of the golf ball, and that is what he is. I think there's still a lot of people in golf that don't really know who he is, and this could become the real launching point in the way the 2021 Ryder Cup was a mini launching point for Scotty Scheffler. Um, I guess that doesn't make him the most important, but in a way, he is an asset that the European team didn't know they had six months ago. And six months ago is when we were talking about there being a very top heavy European roster sure. and, and lack of depth and needing a ninth man or a 10th man, if you will. It was Yannick and Paul season, Sean. Yeah. And I think it's massive for Luke Donald's psyche that Ludwig Aberg exists, that he exists as a guy who you know what? If Justin Rose goes out in the Friday morning uh, foursomes, doesn't play well, and you were like looking down the roster and you're like, who do I fit in? Rosie can't go out this afternoon. Like, Aberg is the guy who's going to play better than Rosie. You and you know he's going to. Um, he is an asset that Luke Donald didn't know he had in part because the guy was playing college golf in Texas in May. So. Um, he's currently ranked 33rd by data golf, right? If he were an American, I think you'd want him as your 12th man, which says a lot. So, um, I'd yeah. like a nibble of Aberg, like absolutely launching next week. All right. Well, let's see what price you would take him at Sean. Cause here's a, here's an over under to throw into your buyer cell. Does he play over under 3.5 matches over? <clears throat> I think he you plays think four. He, he plays four. You think? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. There's like, you know, in a way that um, there becomes pressure on captains by the decisions they make and how many matches they give to each player. Uh, like, he's this wild card now that you think can be really, really good, probably will be quite good. You don't want to have any Tom Watson-esque second guessing, you know, from 2014 at Glen Eagles when Patrick Reed and Jordan Spieth were this buzzsaw and he split them up, right? And like, I don't even really split him up, but he sat him. And it's like, wait, what's, what are we doing here? Um, you don't want any true like second guessing. And I think, I think Luke Donald's path as a captain makes a ton of sense. Ride your horses. And then, you know, I just think that Ludwig might be like a, he may be a horse, might be an extra horse. He's in the stable. He's in the stable. He's 23 years old. Like, I don't know. Um, Sean, all right, we, got, we got a couple more, two more. Uh, are you buying or selling that team Zantley? I don't know if we've got a better name. Candor? Team Candor uh, is the best duo going right now in golf. Or or Team 
Pander Zantley. Pander Team Pander. Are they pandering? Team Zatrick. Um, Z- there we go. Zantric. Zatrick. Um, are my buying or selling them as the best golf duo going right Both now? Former drop zone guests. Sure, sure. Uh, but Patrick didn't get the full effect because he just sat down with you and not with me. Um, but anyway. They are. I you have to buy them, unfortunately. I unfortunately. Like I only say that because like I just don't think they've had to prove it too much. They were buzz saws in twenty twenty one. Um Xander's coming off the Tokyo Olympics victory. Cantley, I believe, was coming off of FedEx Cup wins or at least one win. And Fair of the year season. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, they were going up against, I really think, the weakest European team that has ever been presented in the last 20, 25, 30 years of this thing. And I don't think, I think they, I mean, they were, they did really, really well. I think they went undefeated as a pair. And then that kind of continued down into Charlotte again against the President's Cup team. And so I, I this is a, this is like a team you have to believe in, but I just kind of want them to prove it to me one more time. It's like, you know, everyone's like, well, you know, uh, Central Florida hasn't played anybody. <laughs> I kind of want to say that Xander and Canley haven't played anybody. I want them to go up against Rory and Victor Hovland. Bama. Yeah, we, we want, want Bama. Bama. <laughs> and that's what I'm saying. And I, I think if, if I'm Luke Donald, I'm sniffing around and wondering, are, are Xander and Patrick Canley going off first? Friday morning because if so I'm sending Rory and Victor out there to send a message my horses against your horses who's faster who's got more horsepower who's a, who's the birdie machine who are the true birdie machines here at this Ryder Cup I think Luke Donald if he could send out a team that could beat Xander and Cantley team Zatrick uh that could send a message throughout the entire Ryder Cup like that those early statements they can work. There seem to be four teams that we know will be featured. Uh, they're just extremely built-in pairings on the U.S. side. So of Xander and Cantlay, Spieth and JT, Homa and Morikawa, and Burns and Scheffler, do you feel do you feel like you would take that first team over the others? Yeah, but um, I do think the Cal Bears are going to play well together. Mm. Morikawa and Homa. Just so steady players, ball strikers, really good buddies, LA boys. I think I think they could uh, a home game home game for them, <laughs> like the U.S. Open. Feel right at home. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I like their I like their odds, but um, at the point at which you asked me the question, is Team Zatrick, Team Team Pander, uh, are they the best duo going? Yes, but. By the end of the week, we might think otherwise. Um, I think our last one here, Dylan, is pretty simple. I don't think now is the time to answer this question, but we're going to make you do it now. Are you buying or selling having the Solheim Cup and Ryder Cup in consecutive weeks? I'm buying it, Sean. And I know that the golf world is selling it because they're getting they're sending the... Uh... They're sending the Solheim Cup to 2024. They're staging it next year in Gainesville, mm-hmm. Virginia. Um, 
but I really like this. It's a little European team swing that we've got going and we will have the president's cup next year. Um, don't know when, but I believe it's in Canada. Yeah. Late September in Montreal. Okay. So I mean, maybe it'll still be almost back to back and maybe that still works as team golf season, but I feel like this is a a rising tide situation where the Solheim and Ryder cup are elevated by each other. Um, and that it's fun that they are both in continental Europe. It's fun that you and James are going to get a nice tan on in the Spanish countryside before you head down to Rome and, and, you know, whip up a couple Aperol spritzes for me on the porch. Um, I think it's cool. I think it's great. I think especially the way it works out here. So I don't know if there's a fear that the Ryder cup is, uh, is overshadowing the Solheim cup or what the thought process is there exactly. Well, yeah, you know, you know, the thought process. Well, I mean, it it is overshadowing the Solheim cup, but I, I guess in my mind, it's still a net positive for both events. Yeah. Cause, because there's, Let's be honest, there's more anticipation for the Ryder Cup than there is for the Solheim Cup. And that anticipation is brewing and brewing. And when does it peak? Well, probably the week prior to the Ryder Cup. Well, what do we have for you? We have the women's version of that. It's mm-hmm. called the Solheim Cup. Have you seen it before? I hope so. If you haven't, now is when it's being played. And it's being played in the south of Spain. It's gorgeous. Sean Zock and James Cole are going to tell you all about it while we're there. But um, I, I, I'm buying your perspective on it. I think it would be fantastic to do this every couple of years um, to lean into like using the Ryder Cup as a trampoline to boost up the Solheim Cup. Um, fantastic if you're staying at home, right? If you're staying at home watching on television, you've got back-to-back weeks of this rivalry. The the only rivalry in golf. There are not rivalries in this sport, but rivalries exist in these events. Um, I just saw... A commercial for it the other day because the same uh, rights broadcaster NBC Golf Channel are going to host both of these events and the promotion for it was fantastic you've got scenes from the Solheim Cup flickering back and forth with scenes from the Ryder Cup it's really really fun now I have to couch that Dylan with what I think my truest feeling is is that these events are on different levels right now in terms of their attention and popularity I don't want them to be, but that's that's just the truth of the matter. And the event organizers, people who really make money off of these things, they want the the ticket holder, the the spectator that goes that will travel for the Ryder Cup to consider doing the same for the Solheim Cup. And it's asking a lot for you to do both. It really yeah, to is. do a fortnight in Europe. Not everyone can can live that lifestyle. <laughs> Now, I'm going to, and it'll be yeah. fantastic. Yeah, you, uh, you wouldn't personally know what that's like, but yeah, uh, I'll let you know how it goes. But it is, uh, I think the, I think they've got it right where it is. We're going to do it during President's Cup years, and try to, you know, maybe you know what's good. They're going to be doing it during President's Cup away years, and so the American President's Cup team next year is going to Canada. Well, the American Solheim Cup team will be in America next year when there's no America home team golf event. I think they've got it figured out. I'm not willing to change it. But two weeks from now, I might be all the way in um, because I do know what it was like viewing the U.S. Opens at Pinehurst when the men 
and women played in consecutive weeks. And that was so fun. I really, really liked that the entire golf world coming together. Um, so anyways, um, I'm, I'm kind of in, but I just don't think it's for the best, even though our greedy, um, selfish, like entertainment focused selves would love to sit behind uh, a television and watch it, you know, for 10 straight days. Yeah. The storyline just works out well in, in both cases. I mean, look, and in both cases, if we're being honest, we're running straight up against football also. So this is like a, <laughs> I'm not expecting this to be first page news in the American sports no. psyche. We're just Maybe. looking to carve off a little, little slice of the pie, Sean. Um, well, and you know, what's good, Dylan. We're doing it on Sunday mornings this year. That's be, true. Yeah. It'll be before football gets going, uh, on your, you know, on your Sunday afternoon, um, wherever you are in the States. So. It's so great. And it's gone well, it's gone hand in hand with the DP world swing here. Um, with the Irish open being awesome with Wentworth being a cool tournament. Yeah. It's nice to have some morning golf on to, before you get, before you get into your football coffee, golf, before you get weighed down with all that football energy, you just have a nice light, coffee golf morning uh do you have yeah. a, an official pick uh, do you have an unofficial pick for this week's solheim cup sean because we may not speak to you before the conclusion of the event team europe's gonna win uh i think team europe's gonna win both the solheim and the Ryder cup wow uh it doesn't make me a traitor dylan i'm just a realist and i'm an unbiased journalist that's I just why think, we appreciate you yeah i just think that um <clears throat> i think there are two two there's too little um I guess veteran presence on the American team, and there's uh, I just really like Suzanne Pedersen and kind of her approach to the Solheim Cup through the years, and she's kind of a dog. I think they're going to be kind of dogs riding behind her, and uh, it'll be close. Both will be close. There's a reason why these are the closest like betting matchups we've had in both of these events in recent memory. So they will be good, but I just what I really want is I want DraftKings, FanDuel, whomever. I want a parlay. Europe, Europe parlay, and I can't find that available anywhere, Dylan. You know why? It's because they haven't yet sponsored this show. I know <laughs> that the DK people, the FanDuel folks, I know they listen. We need a Sean Zock parlay boost on there. We need it now. All right. Well, hey, time for me to pack. I'll see you in the Mediterranean, pal. <laughs> <laughs>